The reason decision-making is such a, a big deal or a complicated deal is because we all know that when it comes to decisions, at least the big decisions of our life, things could go horribly wrong. Uh, there's that part of us uh, that senses, if I make the wrong choice, it could turn out badly. Uh, we started the series by saying, uh, when it comes to decision-making, there's something at stake. Like, there's a risk. Like, this could go really well, or this could go really badly, or maybe somewhere in between, but there's something at stake. Most of us see decision-making as a way to make things better. Like, nobody sets out to make a decision that's going to make things harder. We're thinking, which decision will make my life better? Which decision will help my family? Which decision will make me more fulfilled? Which decision will make us wealthier, right? And, and maybe there's nothing wrong with viewing decisions that way, but there's also a side of us that knows if I make the wrong decision, things could go poorly. There is risk involved. As a matter of fact, if there were no risk, it wouldn't be difficult to make decisions, None of us agonize over decisions where there's no risk. Well, most of us don't agonize over decisions where there are no risks. I, I realize that some of us create risk that isn't there. Uh, like we find risk in any decision that's a separate decision. If that's you, go back and listen to last week's message. Last week was for you. None of us agonize over decisions unless we perceive there is some risk, real or not. If we perceive this could go badly, then decision-making becomes difficult. It becomes challenging. It becomes agonizing. Now, part of our struggle in decision-making is we don't simply want to know the right path. If we're honest, we want to know which path is going to be smooth, right? We want to know, not just is it the right path or the wrong path, we want to know which one of these paths is going to be easier. Which one is going to give me more good stuff? Which one's going to be more beneficial? And so really, a lot of times we're looking beyond the decision, and we're trying to find out what's life going to be like on the other side of the decision. That's not necessarily a bad way to try to make decisions, but... We also know that not all decisions end up on a smooth road. Some of us use phrases, probably all of us use phrases at times when making a decision like, I'm, I'm waiting for God to give me a peace about this, right? Maybe you've used that phrase. Maybe you think that phrase. I'm waiting for God to give me a peace about what I should do. And, and maybe we we aren't real sure what language to use, and so that's just the language that we choose. Um, got some bad news for you. A lot of people, most people in the Bible, when they were making decisions, didn't have a real peace about it. Like there wasn't like a hundred percent peace, like I'm a hundred percent comfortable that this is the right decision, this is what I'm supposed to do. We don't always, I might say, we rarely get peace about really big decisions. Some of it's personality. My personality is I never get to 100% when I'm making a decision. Like I never know, like 100%. This is, I'm like a 78% guy. If I get to 78%, then I better do it. 
Because that's, that's as confident as I get in decision making. And some of you have similar personalities and others of you have different personalities. But sometimes we're waiting for that confidence. We're waiting for that 100 I've got the peace about this. And maybe that doesn't always come. For some of us, that hardly ever comes. And yet we still have to make decisions. And sometimes those decisions don't turn out well. Dr. Seuss wrote about that. He writes, wherever you fly, you'll be best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest, except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch with an unpleasant bump and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump. And when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. And there are multiple reasons why we experience bang-ups and hang-ups in decision-making. There are multiple reasons why we choose a path and that path leads us to a dead end or to a disappointment. Or to a, dis, to a discouragement. It probably wouldn't be fair to talk about decision making as if it always leads to this great outcome. Because it doesn't always lead to a great outcome. Sometimes it leads to struggles. Now, I, I want to talk about reasons why you and I might meet a dead end in our decision making. And there's a, a lot of different reasons. So I, I want to cover maybe four or five of them. For example, for example this one. Sometimes God uses dead ends and closed doors to redirect us and help us find the right path. I, I wanted it to be this way, like I wanted it to be that answer, and the door closed. And that door closing, like that dead end that I ran into was actually God trying to get me to this other door that maybe I didn't even know existed. Or I wasn't really considering this door until these five doors all closed. And now I've realized that this is the right door. So, sometimes dead ends, sometimes bang-ups and hang-ups, are God's way of saying, I'm trying to get you to the right answer. You just don't see it yet. And so I've got to close doors in order to get you to the open door that I'm trying to. To lead you to. Now, I, I, I'm not suggesting that we should be flippant about closed doors. We shouldn't just have a whatever attitude when doors close. I mean, there's lots of reasons, as I said, that doors close, but certainly one of the reasons is God saying, Look, I'm, I know where I'm taking you. You don't know it yet. I know where you're going, but I'm going to block off some options so I can get you there. Paul is an example of this. In uh, the book of Acts, it describes Paul's travels and Paul's ministries and what we call Paul's missionary journeys. This was Paul's second missionary journey in Acts chapter 16. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So, so, so Paul his mind was, I'm going to Asia. Like, I'm going to reach people. They're going to be converts there. I'm going to plant churches. And the door closed. 
And apparently, God closed the door. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit kept them, shut the door, dead end. You're not going where you thought you were going. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. All right, God, you closed that door. So now let me go this way, and that door closed. So they passed by Mysia, And went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Thought we were going to Asia? Dead end. Well, Bithynia is to the right. Why don't we go that way? Dead end. Well, let's head toward Mysia. And finally, Paul concluded. Paul got 78% sure. All right. He closed those doors. I kind of think this is what God's telling us. So let's go this way. But each of those closed doors were an opportunity to discover the open door. And we don't often look at closed doors that way. What you and I have to, have to develop in ourselves is an ability to allow God not only to open doors, but we also have to allow God to close doors. And we have to see that either one of those could be God. And typically, we don't look at closed doors that way. We look at closed doors as disappointments. We look at closed doors as discouragements or as setbacks. I was planning this like this was a good plan. If you, if you talk to Paul... Paul's going to Asia. He's going to preach the gospel. He's going to plant churches. Nothing wrong with any of that. Like this was a great plan. This was a great path. But God had something else that he wanted Paul to do. And so he had to close what looked like a really good path and a really good plan. See, it's it's very possible that the closed door is how God's going to get us to the open door. Like the closed door is a part of the process of God leading us to the open door. Now, the struggle for us is, is not just the disappointment of, of closed doors, but it's the discouragement of I've invested time and energy and resources and emotion. When a door closes, it feels like we're starting over. It feels like, like I was, I was way, I'd been through three interviews. Like I had already decided what my office was going to look like when I got hired there. Like I was way down the road on this thing. And then the door closed. If God closed doors and five seconds later opened a new door, we would be fine with that, wouldn't we? But that's typically not the way it happens. The door closes and there is that sense, I'm starting all over again. And really you're not. I mean, you figured out where not to go when the door closes. What was, what was Edison's line when he was developing the light bulb? I, I haven't failed. I now know 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. You know, it's, it's that sort of idea. That's just where Paul was. Like, I'm really not starting over. I know that's not where I'm supposed to go. See, we have to see God's closing doors as just as much God's leading in our lives as God opening doors. Here's a map of uh, Paul's missionary journey. He started down here in Jerusalem, and his goal was to swing up uh, 
going by land, and then straight in, you see Asia up there at the top, and he gets to the border of Asia, and God closes the door. So Paul and his missionary companions, they kind of skirt the border of Asia, heading up to, you see, uh, Bithynia up at the top. And so they're walking, as they're skirting the border of Asia, they're walking straight toward Bithynia. And Paul thinks, well, this must be where we're supposed to go. We'll just keep going to Bithynia. And then they get to the border of Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit says, nope, not supposed to go there. So so now Paul's in a situation where left is a closed door and right is a closed door. And Paul says, well, I'm just going to keep walking right between them. Like I'll just keep going, since I'm not supposed to go left and I'm not supposed to go right, I'm just, just going to keep walking straight until God tells me where to go, which is not a bad way to handle closed doors. Like when God closes the door to the left and God closes the door to the right, like often our response should be, well, I, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other until God tells me what I'm supposed to be doing. So sometimes the right option is, well, I, I'm going to I'm going to do the right next thing. Like I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm just going to keep walking with integrity and asking God for wisdom and walking toward what he's put in front of me because he's closed the doors on either side of me. Often in decision making, you and I live in that sort of in-between land. That sort of, I'm, I'm in between one closed door and another closed door, so I'm just going to keep walking Forward and Paul gets to Mysia and to Troas and don't get distracted by the vision. But, but God lets him know, look, this is you're supposed to go to Macedonia. Paul gets to Macedonia and for the first time, Paul plants a church in Europe. He meets a group of believers there. One of them's a businesswoman named Lydia. We, we read about Lydia in the Bible. He plants a church in Philippi. We have a book called Philippians. And Paul, when he started on this journey, had no idea that's where it was going to end up, which is how a lot of our journeys are, isn't it? Like, we didn't know we were going to get there, but the closed doors and the open doors eventually got me where God wanted me to go. Our church is the product <clears throat> of 10 years of closed doors in mine and Julie's life. Like 10, I'm not exaggerating. This, what we have here today, this is the result of 10 years of closed doors. And some of you know about some of those doors and others of you know about different doors. I'm telling you, it was 10 years of closed doors in our life. And some of them were closed in our face. Like they weren't like gently shut. No, thank you. Right? Like said, not just one. Like several of them. Nope. Slam door in our 10 years. And we just tried to keep taking the next step and keep making, taking the next step. And to be honest, there were, there were times in those 10 years that you start to get hesitant, right? Like, maybe we don't want to try any more doors. Like, maybe we need to find a safer place to walk because doors keep closed. Or we went through the phase of um, maybe doors are never going to open. We, we went, we, we prayed, God, what? When is a door going to open over those 10 years? Like, what are you doing? Why does this, why is it happening this way? And God got us here, not through open doors. God got us here through a series of closed doors in our life. 
And God will, at times, do the same thing in your life. God will close doors to reroute you, to move you to the open door that He wants for you. Closed doors were never intended to be discouraging, although they feel that way. Closed doors were intended to be an affirmation that like God is moving you forward. God is, God is stretching you. God is trying to get you to a place that you haven't even seen yet. Right, like Ten years ago, we didn't see this. Five years ago, we didn't see this. God's trying to move Paul. God's trying to move us. God's trying to move you often to places that you haven't seen or experienced yet. And he's got to close some doors along the way. We have to get to a point where we can see the closed door as a step toward the open door. Right? Instead of getting discouraged, instead of fighting back, and instead of saying, why God, or hurry up God, we're able to say, I know that this is a step toward what you're doing in my life. And I'm going to receive it. I don't understand it yet. And I don't know everything that's going on. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm just going to take the next step. I'm going to go in between that closed door and that closed door and keep moving ahead. So that's one reason we experience closed doors. Sometimes God's trying to get us to the open door. We don't realize it. Another reason. Sometimes the right path isn't an easy path. Uh, sometimes it's not a closed door. It feels like it. It feels like a dead end or it feels discouraging. That doesn't necessarily mean we're on the wrong path. Right? Sometimes, you know what it means? It just means it's hard. Sometimes the right path is the right path, but it's hard. Right? There are obstacles and, and, and there are other decisions and there are difficulties and there are struggles. Even when you're on the right path. There, there have been many times over the past three years since we started Journey. That I've had this conversation with God. Like, God, like we stepped out and did the thing. Like, we walked through the door. Like, shouldn't everything be easy after that? <laughs> like, why are we having to make that decision? Or why are we having to deal with that thing? Or why are there people who don't like it? Why do people leave our church sometimes? Like, I, I stepped through the door. Like, it's supposed to be easy after that. And God just laughs and laughs every time we have this conversation. Because stepping through the door doesn't mean everything's easy from then on. Like the, the road's just smooth because you made that one decision to step through the door. That's, that's not how life is. That's not how God's leading in our life is. Paul again, this is Acts chapter 20. And now, compelled by the Spirit, Paul says, I'm 78% sure, like I... This is where God's leading me. I am compelled by the Spirit of God. He's telling me I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. What's, that's not supposed to be God's will, right? Paul says, like, I am convinced I am on the right path. I'm going exactly where God's telling me to go, and I don't know everything that's going to happen. Here's what God's told me. I'm going to jail, and it's going to be really, really hard. And I'm on the right path. And if you read Acts 21, you know what happens? He goes to jail. He gets beaten. He experiences hearts. There's this whole mob that tries to kill Paul. 
The prison guards come. You can read it, Acts 21. The prison guards come, and they go to arrest Paul. And Paul says, can I say something to the people that just tried to kill me? Yeah. So Paul preaches this incredible message. He tells them about the gospel. Paul says, like, I met Jesus. He appeared to me. Like this beautiful message. And you know what the crowd did? They tried to kill him again. And he was on the right path. See, sometimes we're on the right path, and it's hard sometimes. Sometimes we're doing exactly what God wants us to do, and it's hard. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, Paul again. After I go through Macedonia, I will come to you. He's talking to the people in Corinth. For I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me. Doors open. Spirits opened it. I'm supposed to be here. And there are many who oppose me. And there are people who don't like me. I'm probably going back to jail. The door's wide. God has opened the door. I know this is God's will. for This is the place I'm supposed to go. And I know it's going to be hard sometimes. Now, sometimes you're on the right path. And it's hard. Sometimes it's hard because you're on the right path. For whatever reason, maybe, maybe God's growing you, teaching you something. Maybe God's bringing you to a new place spiritually. Maybe God's growing your faith. Maybe you're doing the right thing and they're just people who don't like the fact that you're doing the right thing. Whatever the reason, there are times that you and I are on the right path and it's hard. It's hard. And that's a part of what God is doing in our lives. And we can't always look at dead ends and discouragement as, well, I must have made a mistake. Maybe not. Maybe you're right where God wants you to be. The door is open, and you're just supposed to keep walking. Another reason. Sometimes we know that our time on a certain path is coming to a close, but God hasn't opened the next door yet. Sometimes our, our path, our journey, feels like a dead end. It feels a little discouraging because our season through that door on that path is coming to a close. Listen, not every open door in our life is a forever open door. Not every path that we're called to walk is a forever path that we're supposed to be on. Sometimes God moves us through a door, and we are convinced we were supposed to step through that door. And as we walk down the path, we realize, I, I'm, maybe I'm not going to be on this path forever. Maybe this path is going to lead to another path, or this open door is going to eventually lead to another open door. And we begin to get that sense of my time on this road, my time through this door is coming to a close. And listen. Energy and excitement, passion for any path that we're on, it's going to ebb and flow. Okay, let, let's be clear about that. 
Even the best decision you've ever made, the, the widest open door, like you knew I am absolutely supposed to go down this road and through this door. My excitement about that path is going to, it's going to ebb and flow. That's the way life is. We can't demand of our decision making that it produce this constant euphoria of energy and excitement. Like we're supposed to always be thrilled about this big decision that we made. And so we have to ask, like, is this just a normal part of being on any path? Like, is this just kind of my energy and excitement ebbing and flowing? Or is God saying, you know what, your, your time here is coming to a close. And I'm going to open a new door. I'm going to open a new path because that happens sometimes too. I'm supposed to be doing something different or something new. But here's the thing. As long as you're on that path, until God opens the next door, the place that you don't want to be can still be a place that God can use you. The place that you don't want to be like, like I feel like it's coming to an end, like I, I think God's about to move me on. That place can still be a place that God will use you. And so be there. Serve well. Knowing that God is getting ready to move us is not a reason to, to abandon where we are. It's not a reason to check out. And that can be my tendency sometimes. Like if I know this is coming to an end, that I can start to check out. We, we talk about the phrase finishing well. Most of the time when we talk about finishing well, we're talking about the end of life, right? In, in your marriage, in your family, in your integrity, in your spirituality, in your walk with God. Like finish well all the way to the end. But Finishing well can also apply to those seasons of our lives as they come to a close. Maybe it's a job or it's a career or it's a relationship. As those begin to come to a close, you and I need to finish those well. We need to walk with integrity. As long as we're there, like we need to give our full effort and our full energy until God opens the next door. Because... Not, not only can there be a tendency to kind of check out, but sometimes when I come to the end of a, a stage of my life, there's also a little bit of a desire to like burn the place down on my way out. Like, I don't know if you've ever felt that. Maybe I'm the only one. It's like, it's just, I'm just watch it burn on the way out. right? And there have been multiple times in my life. That it, because I was hurt or... Because there was some unfairness or, or, or because everything didn't go my way. Like there's a lot of different reasons that I've just thought, man, I just strike a match, pour some gasoline, watch this thing hold. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. As, as long as you're there, like God wants to use you. And when God's opening another door, pursue that open door. I walk away with integrity, and, and, and I'm sure we didn't always do that. Like, I'm sure we weren't like 100% in that. But finish well. Like, ha have integrity when the path changes. One last reason. Sometimes we made the wrong decision, or our sin led us to the wrong decision. 
Sometimes there's bang-ups and hang-ups. There's dead ends. There's frustrations. There's discouragement. And if we're honest, if we look in the mirror, we have to say, you know what? This is my fault. I picked the wrong door. For all of these reasons, I didn't pay attention to the warning signs. I, 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 was, I was away from God when I picked this path. I didn't want to listen to God. I just, I just wanted. I just chose. And sometimes we have to look back at our life and say, I picked the wrong one. Now, that's hard to do. It's, it's hard to do, especially when there are people in our lives who warned us not to pick that path, right? Because now we got to go back to them and go, you were right. I shouldn't have done this three years ago, and now I'm at a dead end. It's, it's hard to admit that you've invested time and energy and resources in something that didn't work out. Like even to your closest friend, even to the people who support you the most, it's hard to look them in the eye and say, I spent two years and it didn't work out. Like I drained my checking account for this and it didn't work out. I invested so much. Like I, I lost friendships over this and it didn't work. And so, sometimes we have to look in the mirror and go, I picked this. I decided this, and it was the wrong decision. When that happens, when my decision-making, either through sin or I just didn't seek counsel, or I was just going to go to when my decision-making has landed me at a dead end, you know what I get to do? I get to make another decision. I get to decide... I'm not going to stay here. Yes, I'm the reason I am here. I picked this door. I didn't listen to wise cow. I, I ran from God and I ended up on the... When you're in that moment, we've all been in that moment. Right? When you're in that moment, you get to make another decision. That I'm not going to stay here. Even though I'm the reason I got here, I'm not going... To stay here, John Ortberg writes, Better to acknowledge that I walked through a wrong door than to spend the rest of my life in the wrong room. Better to acknowledge, two years ago I made the, ten years ago, six months ago, I made the wrong call. Just acknowledge it. Rather than staying there trying to prove that you were right, trying to prove it's not as bad as everybody thinks it is, I'm going to make something out of it. Sometimes we have to admit, looking back, I made the wrong decision. Now I'm going to make the next decision. I'm going I'm to try to go where God wants me to go. Because here's the beautiful thing. Even when we're in the wrong room, God hasn't left us. Like God doesn't leave us. If we pick the wrong room, God doesn't go, okay, you're on your own. Hope you make it back. I mean, God's, God's still with us. Even though I picked the wrong door and I've been on the wrong road for two years, when I come to the moment where I go, yeah, I, I, I'm on the wrong road. Can you, can you help me make the next decision? God says, yep, I've just been waiting. Like, I've just been waiting. Let's make the next decision. That's a beautiful thing about walking with God. 
is that even when I choose the wrong door, He still chooses me. He still walks with me. He still steers me and guides me. Zach's going to come out and he's going to sing a song. And this is, this is kind of a prayer over us for wherever you are on the path, wherever you are looking at the door or the doors, whether you're at a dead end or discouragement or whether it's just hard, whether you look at your life and you realize that was the wrong door. I need to pick another door now. This is just a, this is a prayer over us. We don't want you to stand. We don't want you to sing. We just want you to receive this message. And maybe if there's something you need to talk to God about, maybe as Zach sings, kind of take care of some of that. God, thank you that even when we're on the wrong path, we're not alone. You haven't abandoned us. You haven't left us. You continue to pursue us. God, in all of our decision-making, we experience all of these things. We, we experience times when you're closing doors, and, and you don't always tell us why. You don't always give the full explanation on the front end. We've experienced times when we've been on the right path. We knew we were on the right path, but it was just hard. And we needed to persevere. Like we needed to keep stepping forward. We've been, on, we've, we've been in seasons where we picked the right path. We've been on the right path, but we sense the path is about to change. And we've also been in seasons where we've had to look ourselves in the mirror and admit, I made the wrong call. God, help us not to stay in the wrong room just because we went through the wrong door. Help us to follow you to where you're leading and what you want and your desires for our life. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.